You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today's going to be pretty straightforward. We're just looking at the games that are going on today. Going to be doing picks and whatnot. Obviously, some of these games do pertain to the Green Bay Packers, so we'll try to give a little bit more time to those. Some of them, I mean, it's just football, man. Do have one thank you for today. I've had many times where I've, in the recent past, I have been just on an absolute terror with names. I give it my best shot, and people reach out, and they're like, dude, you nailed it, nobody ever gets my name right. I can tell you right now, there's about a 2% chance I'm going to get this one. But, thank you to Yafit Kadane. I could go a couple different ways with the first and last. Could be Yafit, could be Kadane. That, that felt wrong when it came out. It sounded good in my head, and then I was like, no, that's not it. But anyways, his message to me was, uh, take my money and shut up. And as I said to him, um, I promise you, I will do one of those two things. But thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it, as well as for uh, everyone that's reached out in support. And as I've said before, there's a lot of different ways to show support. Some people are actually doing work for me, which is awesome. People all over the place are uh, absolutely killing it. We've had donations. Um, As I've said before, if you hit that little notification, just try to listen more regularly. That's going to be awesome for me. And also, if anybody could just find two people that want to listen to the show, that's going to be life-altering. So any one of those things, a, a, a dollar a month from every listener, is game over. Again, I don't necessarily expect any one of these things to actually happen, but, you know, they happen in 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 concert with, with each other. A couple other strokes of luck here and there. Maybe in a few years is all I'm saying, man. You never know. Crush my dreams, I'll crush your face. So rude, why would you say that? What else is going on? Oh, COVID. COVID is back in New England, maybe. They had a positive test, which I get it. You got to do it right before the game, just to make sure. But at the same time, we saw with the Jets, they had a positive test, and it's like, oh, shut it down. Then like, oh, never mind, we lied. We, we suck at doing these tests still six, eight, 24 months later. It was a false positive. So now I don't know what's going to happen with the Patriots game. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't want to get into COVID. I don't want to talk about COVID. I don't even want to say the stupid word anymore. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious. I shouldn't even say that because I, I don't know what's going to happen. The NFL has its hands full trying to navigate how to make this whole thing work. There's a lot of options. None of them are great options. My favorite, by the way, is to just extend the season basically like year-round school. We get year-round football. Just keep pushing it back. Right? If we got to cancel the game, cancel the game. We'll play it next week. Or, or we'll just keep kind of like snow days. We tack it on to the end of the year. If you can't play, you know, Texans, Cowboys. I don't know if that's a real game. You can't play. Okay, fine. Skip it for this week. Come back next week healthy. Stop 
talking to each other, you know, when you're sick. Don't go anywhere. No more sick stuff. And then after the end of the week, we just do all the makeup games. And that might go on for several weeks. Maybe it's just one week. I don't know. However long it takes to do all the makeup games. Once the makeup games are done, we go into the playoffs. After the playoffs, we do the Super Bowl, and we may have to do some uh, makeup super playoff games. I don't know. But we just keep pushing it back. And if we play the Super Bowl in July, I'm fine with that. Super Bowl in July, like July 2nd, do the draft, you know, the next week. Because, hey, you know what? You've had a lot of time to prepare. I don't want to hear it. And I want football just nonstop. Then, you know, get to work on 2021. What are you dawdling for? I'm not playing with you. I'll be honest, I just want to make an excuse for year-round football anyways. I don't know why we need an off-season. They need rest. No, shut up. You'll be fine. I mean, it's still the same amount of games. You can just rest in between weeks as opposed to resting for months at a time. You know what I mean? Just give me something to look at. That's all I'm saying. It's It's just an idea, and I like that idea. Rather than cancel games and then, no... And then we just don't make it up, and you just forfeit those games, and then we got to try to figure out how to do a playoff. You were pretty good, but, I mean, you have less wins because you forfeited four games. That's dumb. No, we're doing makeup games. I want football in May. And don't give me any of this nonsense about the XFL. You know it's going to suck. It always does. I mean, the XFL wasn't good. Was it the AAF, or what, what was that other dumb one? That was good for that one week that it was on regular TV, and I watched it, and then nobody cared anymore, and then that went belly up. I'm done trying to pretend to care about other football leagues. I don't care. Nobody cares. It's interesting for like five seconds because there's like six teams. Who cares? Then you pick a team, but you don't really like the team because the team sucks. And you're like, maybe I should pick a new team because who cares? I don't have any allegiance to this because it's kind of a stupid sport anyways. And they got some cool little gadgets and features like, oh, you can listen to the coach calling plays. That's kind of cool. It's a neat little thing. I don't really care about this team, though. Don't just pretend you have anywhere near the same kind of an an emotional attachment to this team like you do to the Packers. Give me a break. That's never going to happen. You're never going to be able to just create that out of the thin air. So, you're on football. It's been decided. Thank you for um, coming to the meeting. No need to take a vote. I think we got it. We're good. Um, Let's do a couple games here. I'm technically 0 for 1, although I didn't actually look at Bears Bucks, so I'm giving myself a pass on that. I did make my pick in the CBS thing, but I kind of just went through click, 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 and then saved it, and that was it. So I'm giving myself a pass on that one, but I am 0 for 1. But I want to start with this game here, the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Jets. I'm, I'm only going in order of how CBS has it laid out, so there you go. Here's my general thought. Last week, I said I wanted to pick Carolina because Arizona is just that bad. I, don't th- I think Arizona is overrated. I think everybody thinks they're great. Everybody thinks their quarterback's great, and he's not. Everybody thinks this offense is great. It's not. Some people think the defense is great. This is a horrible defense. The Arizona Cardinals are trash. They just are. I don't like them. And the only reason I'm being so harsh is because, unlike the New York Jets, everybody knows the New York Jets are trash, and they don't like them. Everybody knew the Panthers were a bad team. So I didn't need to come down hard on them. Arizona, everybody says, is great. They're a playoff team. Oh, man, Kyler is just something else, isn't he? No, he's not. He's nothing else. He's not a good quarterback. He's a mediocre at best quarterback that runs fast with a bad offensive line and no running back and one really good wide receiver. I mean, it's, it's like the Texans all over again with a worse quarterback and no J.J. Watt. That's, that's what Arizona is. It's the Houston Texans if you make Deshaun Watson worse and take away J.J. Watt. And I'm supposed to be impressed and say that this is some kind of a great... Oh, they got Isaiah Simmons. Who's garbage? That's how I, that's how I knew this whole thing was a joke. When, when Cardinals fans started saying, well, I think with, with Isaiah Simmons this year, we're going to... So, in other words, our first-round rookie, who is a linebacker, is going to fix everything. 
that I was done at that point. Like, explain to me, Cardinals fans, how this all works for you. And you start talking about Isaiah Simmons, who's never played a snap of football in his life. Immediately, I knew that I was right about the Cardinals. Here's the thing, though. I really wanted to say Arizona was going to lose, but I couldn't because it was the Carolina Panthers, and they're a really bad football team. So I was like, all right, the Cardinals do have, you know, a quarterback that can run crazy against this horrible defense. He'll probably have a bunch of rushing yards, and eh, they'll, they'll win the game. They didn't. They got annihilated by the Carolina Panthers. I'm in the exact same predicament again. I don't like Arizona. I want to be able to stand up here and trash Arizona and say they're going to lose, but I, it's the Jets, dude. And even if I said they were equally bad, which I don't think they are, I think Arizona's better, Sam Darnold is out, Mackay Becton, their tackle, who they drafted, who's very good, is out, and my guy, Brashad Perriman, their wide receiver, is out, as though they, if they had any wide receivers anyways. So I am picking Arizona. I'm going to put them real low on CBS because I don't have any faith in Arizona. I don't like them, but they should win this game. If they don't, I don't even care that I picked the wrong team. I'm just going to laugh hysterically because at the end of the day, history will show that I was 100% correct about the Arizona Cardinals. While everyone's saying the NFC West is going to be the team that sends four teams to the playoffs this year. I said, how in the world does Arizona get to the playoffs? They suck. Maybe they'll still get to the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know how. But I see this as a win-win. Either my pick comes true and Arizona wins because it's the Jets, or Arizona loses and I can finally put the stamp of I told you so on that team. A toe to so. Shout out to anyone who understands what I'm talking about when I say a toe to so. Um, Similar situation with Carolina and Atlanta. Actually, it's not that similar because nobody likes Atlanta anymore and I don't know what's going on with Carolina and the public perception. But it it's tough. Atlanta should beat Carolina. This should be pretty straightforward, and I'm still not positive that I'm not going to switch my pick here. For me, this comes down to two things, Um, and no, none of these four teams that I've talked about so far have anything to do with the Packers, even though three of them are NFC teams because none of them are a threat. The Atlanta Falcons offense, I mean, with Julio being injured, he may play, he may not, I don't know. My guess is they're going to hold him out because, you know, they didn't last week, and that was problematic. Give the man some rest. But even with Calvin Ridley, there is far too much talent. And what is it, Hurst? This this Carolina defense is really, really bad. It just is. I know Garrett Bradbury has had some good games and whatnot at corner, but, I mean, Atlanta's offense should be able to shred Carolina. And I know Carolina, well, you know, they could do the same to Atlanta. I just, I feel like Atlanta's roster should beat Carolina's roster. The only issue I have, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to switch my pick. I've just, it just clicked probably going to lose. Either way, I'm going to lose and feel like a complete idiot because it's so obvious the answer, but there's two really obvious answers that conflict with each other. Atlanta annihilating Carolina would make a lot of sense, but at the same time, there's also the culture aspect and the coaching aspect. You have a really good team that can't find a way to win. I shouldn't even say a really good team. There's too much talent on this team to be this bad, but it's a culture thing. It's a coaching thing. It is 2018 Green Bay Packers. They're bad, but they shouldn't be this bad, but they are. That's what Atlanta is. I've been talking about that since forever. Atlanta and Green Bay crashed in 2018 at the same time, right? I thought Green Bay was going to be really good. I thought Atlanta was going to be really good. Both teams were bad. Green Bay did the right thing, tore it down, rebuilt it, and now look at them. Atlanta refuses to give up. That was a mistake. Carolina is a team with no real talent. I mean, there's a couple pieces here and there, but nobody that is like top tier, top shelf. Maybe Brian Burns you can get excited about. But you look at the fact that they are overperforming. 
And I've talked about this with the Raiders. They are a team that overperforms. They win more games than they should, and I give all that credit to John Gruden. As much as everybody looks at him as a big goofball, I think John Gruden deserves a ton of respect for squeezing every last drop of talent out of that team to actually come out with wins that they should not be winning. Because I can't name two people on that defense that I would want on the Green Bay Packers. Well, I probably can, and they're both linebackers. But I can't name three. (laughs) And so you look at the fact that Matt Rule comes in, and his whole thing is building a culture, right? That's what he's really known for, really good at. He builds a culture, and he came in here, and he's going to build a culture. And this culture is winning. It's a team that believes. And despite the fact that they should be losing, and they should lose this game as well, this this is prime territory for a team that doesn't have a lot of talent but overachieves to absolutely whoop on a team. Atlanta is that kind of team that's going to lose. So I am going to absolutely going to switch my pick here to Carolina. Carolina should lose, but this is a team that believes, that is hungry, that is ascending, going up against a team that cannot win despite all the talent. Atlanta has lost games that are probably easier than this. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just not putting a lot of stock in it, but Carolina makes more sense. And if Atlanta wins 40 to 26, I'm not going to be that surprised. But I do think Carolina is the right pick here. Fortunately, next up is Cincinnati-Baltimore because there's nothing really to talk about. Now, is it possible Baltimore's a little bit overinflated? Did the Chiefs kind of expose Baltimore a little bit? Yeah, maybe. Something to monitor, but we're talking about Cincinnati. And hey, Joe Burrow, he's looking pretty solid. He really is. I mean, I forget exactly what the stat was, but something to the effect of he shouldn't be doing anywhere near this good considering the amount of pressure he's under, which is why I've always said if you have a terrible offensive line, don't just drop a quarterback in there. I mean, granted... You can't just turn down Joe Burrow because, hey, we should build up this offensive line first. But still, that's a recipe for ruining a quarterback. And it's not going to help you, and it's not going to help him. But despite having probably the worst offensive line in football, he's finding some success. But again, it ain't happening. I'm taking Baltimore. That's easy. I'll happily burn Baltimore in my survivor pool and just take the automatic win into next week. And that's exactly what I'm doing, by the way. Props to those people trying to get creative taking teams like Tampa Bay because you want to save Baltimore. Yeah, okay. Save it for what? You're out of the pool, son. Give me my money. Next up is Houston and Jacksonville. And I'm actually surprised to see 81% of people here picked Houston. Not necessarily because I disagree. I guess either way is fine. But it is surprising. The Houston Texans, who are 0-4, just fired their head coach slash GM, are in complete spiral crash landing mode, going up against Jacksonville, who is not 0-4. And everyone's thinking, oh yeah, Houston's just going to absolutely annihilate Jacksonville. Easy. I think the problem with Houston, kind of similar to Atlanta, is you look at it and go, oh yeah, look at all the talent. You got uh, Watson, who's a good quarterback. You got some good tight ends. You got an improved offensive line, especially with Laramie Tunsil. Fuller's not terrible. Cooks is, you know, a wide receiver too, I guess. They should be able to do stuff, except they just never seem to be able to do stuff. On the flip side, this Texans defense is pathetic. I mean, the best player on their team is kind of mediocre right now, and that's J.J. Watt. He's graded as the 25th best edge rusher in football, and he is the highest graded player on this entire defense that I can see as far as a starter. 69.5. They don't have a single 70 on this defense. Just just looking at the lineup, when they're in nickel, we got four guys in the 60s, so average, three guys in the 50s, three guys in the 40s, and a 30 for a good measure. Going up against a Jaguars team that has a really talented offensive line. LaVisca Chenault is a really good wide receiver, but not quite as good as DJ Chark, who gets no love, and I don't understand why. He was graded as the eighth best wide receiver in football. Uh, Last year, he was 
solid. And if you just look at his grades, I mean, he's getting better every single year. He was a 52 in his rookie year, a 75 giant leap in 2019. Now he's an 81.9 top 10 wide receiver in football. Every, I don't, everyone just thinks Jacksonville's a joke and I don't really understand why. I know they're not good, but again, this is not a bad team. O'Shaughnessy's a good tight end. That Robinson running, but he just keeps rolling that undrafted free agent. This is a team that tried to tank and failed miserably because this is kind of not a terrible team. I mean, it's not a good team, but it's, again, this is a solid wide receiver duo. Minshew is capable enough. Good offensive line. Unfortunately, it's the tackles that are struggling the most. J.J. Watt might get a little bit of, you know, love here and there. I just, I just think Jacksonville wins. I think they're arguably the better team, and they're clearly, in terms of who is the better coach, the better morale, the better all that stuff. It's all Jacksonville. It's all in Jacksonville's favor. It's a bad team, but it's not a dumpster fire like the time. I'm taking Jacksonville. It's not even that hard of a decision. I mean, could Texans win? Of course. But in terms of making the right decision, the right decision is Jacksonville. Anyways, next up, we got the L.A. Rams and the Washington whatevers. Again, I just, you know, it's the Rams, so we'll just not waste any time with that. The Rams are one of the few teams that I do consider as competition. Cross that bridge when we come to it. If we come to it, I do think the Packers are a better team. Hopefully, uh, L.A. goes up against some decent competition. Um, but uh, we're not we're not going one up on the Rams today because it's Washington. Um, Kansas City and the Raiders. I don't want to entirely dismiss it. And I would be over the moon if this ended up being some kind of a trap game. The problem is I don't really see Kansas City, I don't know, maybe... It's not a matter of what's the right pick, because you know the right pick. The question is, what are the odds? Is it 0 or 1% or 20%? They did play the Raiders last year. The Raiders weren't quite as good last year, and I don't know if the Chiefs are exactly as good. Maybe they are. But the final of that game was Chiefs 40, Raiders 33. That's pretty close. They also went on to lose to the Chargers just two weeks later, 29-28. They played the Raiders again, beat them 35-3. to That's a little bit more <laughs> what you would expect, I guess. I think that was when after the Raiders kind of went into full collapse mode. I mentioned last year how the Raiders kind of started off real hot. And then, you know, the fact that they didn't have any talent kind of just, you know, that bubble burst. They squeezed everything they had out of that thing, and then it just kind of deflated. Um, yeah, they didn't really, outside of that Chargers game, which, again, the Chargers win a lot of games that are kind of weird. They lost to the Patriots twice. They don't really lose a lot of bad games. Again, the only one you could really point to, I mean, maybe you could say the Rams, but it's not a bad team. Eh, it's possible. It's just, it's pretty unlikely. Again, the Raiders are, are massively overperforming. It would just have to be one of those things where Kansas City just maybe doesn't quite put their bet, best foot forward. And I think the, again, I've said a thousand, I, I, this would be a pretty good test for the, the Chiefs defense. If it's like whatever that score was, I said 38-3 or whatever, that's impressive. But I think the, the Raiders are doing a good job of putting together an offensive scheme. They, they, it's actually somewhat similar to what the Packers do. It's a lot of big boy football. Get the big guys up by the line of scrimmage, make you come up, and then we throw over your head. And if we don't, we'll just run it down your throat. And I, I think Jacobs has an opportunity to run a lot. I, I still don't care for the Chiefs' defense, although they're one of the best in football right now in terms of total points scored. It depends on the opponents you go up against. But if I'm not mistaken, one of those opponents was Baltimore. So you got to give credit where it's due. Again, pending some kind of a, a collapse by a Chiefs team that, you know, isn't putting their best foot forward, this should be Kansas City Chiefs pretty pretty easily. So, I don't know. I'm hoping the Raiders win, but I, I don't think so. 
I don't see the Chiefs losing in any kind of trap game situation. They didn't really last year. Pittsburgh-Philadelphia is, is also, again, doesn't really pertain to us. I don't think Philly's a threat. Pittsburgh is AFC. I, I see why this would be heavily in Pittsburgh's favor. Philadelphia seems to be in collapse mode. Pittsburgh is seen as this elite team. The problem is I think Pittsburgh is overrated. I think their defense coming into this was expected to be the best, most elite defense in football. They're good, but they haven't proven to be quite that. And I think their offense has been actually quite bad. Philly kind of found their groove last week a little bit. If they can just keep that going, they got a shot to beat Pittsburgh. But man, Philly's got no Deshaun Jackson, no Alshon Jeffrey. Their cornerback, Avanti Maddox, is out. Yeah, you got to go. I guess you got to go Pittsburgh. I'm not putting a ton into it. And again, as I've said, Philadelphia's top two receivers are their tight ends anyways. So we're talking about like number three and four receiver. But still, that 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 makes the job of Pittsburgh quite a bit easier, especially when you do have a pretty talented defense. So I'm not going to go super confident into this because Philly's defense has the ability. If Pittsburgh still is playing like garbage offensively, and I, I think they, they kind of are not a great offense, they got a chance to shut that down. I think Philly's got a shot here. I'm picking Pittsburgh, but I think Philly's got a shot. Again, assuming that old school, what we saw the first three weeks, complete garbage meltdown, Philly doesn't show up. This is this is only assuming the same Philly that showed up last week shows up this week, then maybe they have a chance. But I'm taking the odds and picking Pittsburgh. Um, geez, Miami-San Francisco. Should be straightforward, right? Jimmy G's supposed to be coming back. Miami's just one of those weird teams, though. Right, you look at it and say, well, San Francisco's a playoff team, and Miami's you know a top-five pick type of team. Yeah, but San Francisco's also a team that's kind of floundering. Kind of, they got a bunch of injuries, and kind of, I don't know what's going on. And Miami's just that team that's randomly going to throw up like 40 points in a game. I mean, San Francisco's the right pick, but I just, I don't know, man. I don't like that game. I think the, the biggest thing for me is going to be the fact that Kittle is arguably the best tight end in football, and this is arguably the worst group of linebackers in all of football. They don't have a pass rush. They don't have ability to stop the run. I'm not, I'm really not, without Bosa, I'm not a huge believer in the 49ers defense right now. The corners aren't great. Outside of Armstead, they don't have much. I know everybody likes Javon Kinlaw, the rookie, but meh. Kind of similar to the Pittsburgh game. I'm, I'm going to take San Francisco. I don't feel all that confident in it, but we'll go San Francisco. That's one of those games where if Miami wins, I'm going to be so mad at myself for being a coward because it's like if you had just had the courage to just say it you could have bragged about being correct but no you got to go say because you don't want to sound stupid picking Miami and San Francisco wins it's like dude you picked Miami what are you stupid I'm a coward man but San Francisco is the right pick it just I could see that going south anyways we got to take a break one of these days and we're about halfway through this so why don't we take a break so I woke up this morning and I got a message from Marshall on flick chat which again if you want to message me that's the best place to do it the message reads thusly Hey man, just thought I'd let you know that I bought a couple shirts from Iron Jock and they are amazing. Didn't find an option to let them know you sent me there, but I'm glad I found it. This is just what I was looking for in workout apparel. So again, if you're ordering stuff and you get it, please reach out and let me know what you think because I love the feedback. Again, not just so I can tell everybody listening that it's not just me who's, you know, has some kind of obligation to lie or what, you know, whatever the psychological aspect of ads are. I, I don't know how to get across. I'm telling the truth. The best way is for you to reach out and say, no, dude, he's serious. These are amazing shirts. Also, secondarily, I'm glad to hear that because I, I need to go buy a shirt. But again, extremely comfortable, high performance, scientifically advanced, which sounds weird, but it's a legitimate statement, clothing, 
that has silver ion infused, which gets activated when it gets wet, i.e. sweat, and destroys, annihilates bacteria and fungus that creates odor. It's also wicking and fast drying, anti-static, not even reading the thing, I just, I'm just remembering at this point. Uh, breathable, and I gotta pull it up real quick because Enduratec Plus, which makes it water repellent, is on their long pants, shorts, hoodies, and running jacket. So if you're frequently out running or whatever you're doing, golfing or something in the rain, this is fantastic equipment to get. I, I feel weird even calling it, cl- I say things like equipment because it feels like it's a, it's a thing, like a tool. It's crazy. It's probably just the wrong word, but it's the word that I choose. So if you would, do yourself a favor, go to ironjock.com, that's I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com. Follow them on Facebook or on Twitter at Ironjock. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. As a reminder, um, Flick Chat, you, you, I mean, you got to get in there, man. I'm giving away two of these Iron Jock hoodies. All you have to do is, is put down a team in the Flick Chat. There's a little thread, Iron Jock Team of the Week. Pick the team which is going to win by the largest margin, which is points scored minus points allowed. If you score 30 points, you allow zero points. The margin is 30 points. The point differential is 30 points. So all you got to do is download this app, get in the chat, which, by the way, today we're going to be chatting during these games and talking about stuff, whatever. It's a place for us to just kind of hang out. All you have to do is go in there, put down a team, and if that team happens to be the team, then you're entered into a drawing to get a free, extremely expensive, very awesome hoodie. It's the easiest thing on planet Earth. And also, remember, I'm giving away money. The person who basically invites the most people to Flick Chat is going to win money. I'm not giving all the details. If you want the details, you didn't hear it yet, just reach out. I'll tell you how it works. Anyways, let's get back to the picks. Next up, we got Denver and New England. Um, if, if Cam Newton wasn't playing, and it seems like he is, although it's not confirmed, which is why I'm not switching my pick in the uh, the pool, if he wasn't playing, maybe there would be an argument, or at least a question. But New England's got a little bit of something going. I'm not exactly a, a full-fledged believer yet, but going up against Denver, I mean, I mean, go Denver, but I just there's there's no way. There's just no way in my mind that that's going to work, so pick a New England. Uh, Cleveland Indy. I'm going to try my best to act as though I care about this game because it is kind of interesting, but I, I mean, Cleveland and Indianapolis, my goodness. The crazy thing about the Cleveland Browns is that it's, I mean, it really is. You want to talk about 
a roster that is extremely... And I've been saying this about Cleveland for a while. They have a really good roster. They just don't win. This is a dominant roster. Wyatt Teller is the number one guard in football. J.C. Treader is the number two center in football. Jack Conklin is the number five tackle in football. Joe Batonio, Joel Batonio, I think is what it is. It is. Ninth at guard. Jedrick Wills is the only guy, the rookie, is the only guy that's not really up to snuff yet. But I mean, clearly they've invested in this offensive line and that was the right thing to do and good for them. David Njoku, dominant. Austin Hooper, dominant. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, even Baker Mayfield. Nobody on this team is bad. Baker Mayfield is, uh, outside of Jedrick Wills, like the lowest graded guy on this team, and he's doing fine. And then defensively, they've got issues, but they also have one of the best pass rushers in football. The biggest issue is clearly their defense. But it's kind of similar to the Packers, where if if some guys kind of pick it up, Olivier Vernon is really doing poorly. He's better than what he's putting forward. Sheldon Richardson is, you know, not elite, but he's much better than he has been so far. You kind of wonder, you know, when, if, when he's going to take a step. Denzel Ward is a talented corner. So that's, that's kind of the biggest issue because this is a, I don't know, I want to say a talented Colts team, but this entire offensive line has taken a step back. I don't know if it's something to do with Rivers or a change in their something that is, I don't know, this was one of the better offensive lines in football and they're just not, none of them are playing up to, I don't know, it's just weird, man. T.Y. Hilton isn't playing as good as he should. This is, this is one of the few teams where the offense isn't, isn't up to snuff. So really, it's an extremely talented Colts defense up against an extremely talented Cleveland Browns offense. It sounds weird even saying that, but I mean, it just is. I just feel like if, if the Colts offense could finally click, if this offensive line really got kicked into gear, and if their wide receivers and quarterback and running back really just got in a rhythm with this defense, that's just going to be a dominant team. I don't want them to because we have to play them later this year. I want the Cleveland Browns to win because we don't play the Browns, and beating the Colts would just be further evidence that the Colts just aren't going to be what I thought they were. And they do have issues. They're, they're linebackers. Um, you know, without Darius Leonard, who I've said repeatedly is one of the better linebackers in football, he's out. So with him out, the linebackers are not that good. And you're going up against a team that has Njoku and Hooper. I'm going to lean Browns. Feels weird because of coming into this, I thought the Browns would be garbage. Not because their roster is bad, but just because they're a poorly run team. But, you know, it, it really just comes down for me to, to Baker Mayfield. He needs to be better. If he can be better, he's got all the all the tools he could possibly need. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Hooper, and Joku, great offensive line. I mean, it's just, come on now. Zero excuses. So, I think they get it done. It's going to be close, but I think they get it done. Then we get Dallas and the Giants, which everyone assumes that Dallas is just going to steamroll the Giants. Um, they better. I'll, I'll say that. But, you know, I've, I've said repeatedly that the... Dallas Cowboys offensive line is what made them what they are and they allowed this thing to fall apart right now they have one really really good offensive lineman and that's their right guard Martin Zach Martin has been one of the best offensive linemen in football for a very long time he's still very good but right now they have terrible tackles Tyler Biotish is playing now at center maybe he'll become a solid center at some point he's terrible right now and then they've got Connor Williams the tackle that they drafted out of Texas kicked him into guard he has not been good ever As a result, Ezekiel Elliott is now the 24th ranked running back in football. Dak Prescott is having a heck of a season. He is really, really stepping up. Unfortunately, everything around him is crumbling. And so what we have is a classic Mike McCarthy team. There's no running ability. The offensive line can't run block. You have a quarterback that is playing quite well with a bunch of wide receivers. Unfortunately, CeeDee Lamb is graded as the 75th best wide receiver. Michael Gallup is the 96th best wide receiver. Amari Cooper is rated 10th. So... You've got, I mean, this is, this is, he turned this team into the Packers. You've got a good quarterback, one good wide receiver, 
no ability to run or any commitment to the run. It's just a nightmare. And you think, well, yeah, but the Giants, they'll never be able to stop him. James Bradbury's having a decent year at corner. He's going to be playing up against Cooper. You got Blake Martinez, one of the better run-defending guys in football. They got a decent defensive line. They were, the Giants legitimately do. It's not a good team, but I think they're not quite given enough credit. Then on the flip side, yeah, the Giants' offense is terrible, but the Dallas Cowboys' defense is beyond pathetic. I mean, I mentioned the Texans and how bad everybody there was. If it wasn't for safety Xavier Woods, this might be a worse defense. They only have two other guys in the 60s. Xavier Woods is in the 70s. That's their one saving grace, including their dominant edge rusher, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. He's been really bad this year. And again, you look at, well, yeah, maybe they get it figured out. Yeah, what if they don't? Two guys in the 60s. Four guys in the 50s. Three in the 40s. Trayvon Diggs, the Alabama cornerback, 40s, terrible. Darian Thompson, safety, horrible. Jalen Smith, linebacker, horrible. And then Tristan Hill is in the 30s. And you say, well, what, what is New York going to do to take it? I don't know. I mean, the offensive line is t- playing terribly. Daniel Jones is the only good player on this entire offense. So I, I have to lean Dallas, but I don't think it's as dominant as anybody thinks it is. Dallas is a bad football team. And this is, this is an opportunity. This could be a game. I don't even know if I would call it necessarily a trap game because Dallas is, is way too much on red alert to call any game a trap game. Trap game is generally when you're so good and you're so confident you think you don't have to care. Dallas knows they have to care about this game. I don't know exactly how they win. They did bring in Devontae Freeman, who's, you know, at least a good receiving back. Evan Ingram is still a tight end. He's having a rough year, but, I mean, we know he's good enough to take advantage of the garbage that Dallas has. They got Golden Tate, again, off to a slow year, but every year of his career, he's been a good enough wide receiver. I mean, he's 32, he's off to a slow start, but if he starts to get it figured out, if, uh, you know, Darius Slayton kind of gets it figured out, he's not the worst ever. Could they do just enough against one of the worst defenses in football? Could they score maybe 28 points against this defense, which is just enough? I'm picking Dallas, but this is not a high-confidence deal. Dallas is a nightmare. The Giants are bad, too. But Dallas has got that whole cultural cancer thing. The Giants, I feel like, just need some more talent. I don't know, man. This is another one where I feel like I'm just being a coward. I should just pick the Giants, but I'll pick Dallas. I'm going to save Seattle and Minnesota for last. We'll look at the New Orleans Saints and the L.A. Chadges. And look, again, this, this is a game that just comes down to will the better team step up and do what they need to do to win. The Chargers are one of those weird teams where the defense really gives offenses fits. They play a I don't I can't explain it they just they play differently and they're really tough to to figure out I'm not overly impressed with the Saints defense but they do have some talent it's a really bad offensive line for the Chargers but Herbert has shown some flashes they've got a couple of good tight ends they still have Allen who's a very talented wide receiver man I just I don't know so many questions in this game the Saints should win Brian Balaga being out is pretty big Trey Turner at guard is out that's another offensive lineman Joey Bosa's hurt um, he's questionable. He probably will play, but also Mike Williams, a wide receiver. These are pretty, pretty important pieces. The Saints, though, don't have Janoris Jenkins. Marshawn Lattimore is questionable. Sheldon Rankins is questionable. Marcus Davenport, Jared Cook, Michael Thomas, Andrews P. Man, my goodness. Again, it just comes down to who's showing up and who's not. I think I'm going to, ah, I can't even do it. I'm being a coward now, or I should say again. I just, mm, picking the Saints, I'm putting very little on them. I believe the final game before Minnesota is going to be Buffalo and Tennessee, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm assuming most people are going to take Buffalo by a lot. The most interesting thing about this is my contention was if 
Buffalo can get the offense going, they're going to be a real good team. They got the offense going, but the defense is completely falling off. Now, again, most defenses are, so maybe they get it going, maybe they don't, I don't know. But the linebacking group is not good, and I got people that will not stop attacking me on my YouTube channel because I keep saying their linebackers aren't very good, but they're not. Edmonds is a joke. Milano um, was very good in coverage. He's completely fallen off in that category. Micah Hyde is off to a real slow start. Corners, uh, Tredavious White, who's seen as one of the better corners in football, is graded 44th overall right now. So again, struggling like most defenses. You got Jonu Smith, who is the second highest graded tight end in football right now. Tannehill is not maybe what he was last year, but he's still going strong. It's a good offensive line. You got Derrick Henry. There should be enough there. The problem I'm having is I don't know how you slow down this offense. And um, unless they can take away Josh Allen and his his deep ball, which I don't see the ability to do that. They don't have very good safeties with Vaccaro and Bayer. The Tennessee Titans, I think, like to slow things down. I don't think you're going to slow down the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to run up the score, and Tennessee is not the kind of team that's going to be able to play that kind of kind of game. The problem, I think, with Tennessee right now is that they don't have the defense to be able to play their style of football. If you want to play slow roll, slow you know, football, part of the ground and pound thing is you got to have a defense that's going to slow down the other side. And if you slowly work your way down the field, 17 plays later and kick a field goal or even get a touchdown and Buffalo comes out and in three plays they're in the end zone, I just, that, that doesn't, it's not going to work, man. Because eventually when you have that many plays, you're going to get a three and out. You're going to, you know, fail on a third down and so... I think Buffalo wins a game. I don't think Buffalo's unbeatable. I, I think that they've got some talent, but I think they've got some massive holes. I just don't think Tennessee's the right team to do it. You need a better defense, especially, to be honest, I think the Packers are an ideal team. What is the same thing I said about the Saints. What, what do the Packers do? Or I should say the, the Falcons. The Packers want to take away the deep plays. They want to let you work underneath, but Buffalo doesn't want to work underneath. They want to go downfield. I think the Packers are, are would be an interesting team. I think they would carve up the Buffalo Bills defense. I think they would do a good enough job of taking away what it is they do best, force you to try to play up close, force you to work your way down the field slowly, which is not what Buffalo likes to do. They don't have that good of an offensive line. I would look forward to that, man. I think I think the Packers would be a team that would smash the Buffalo Bills and kind of shock a lot of people, partly because they're a better team, but also just because of fit. The Packers are just built a certain kind of way to stop what it is this team does. But we're not playing them. Tennessee is, and I think Buffalo wins. And that brings us finally to the game of the week for Packers fans, which is Seattle at Minnesota. Um, interestingly enough, when I came into this, I said that these are extremely similar teams. Terrible defenses. Terrible offensive lines. Teams that like to run the ball. Teams that are very good offensively with the wide receivers and all that kind of stuff. The difference is, Seattle's offensive line is actually playing quite well. And I don't see them failing against this terrible defensive line. So it's not as though, well, they've gone up against bad competitions. That's the only... Okay, Minnesota's going to be the worst defensive line they've played this year. I'm not even going to look up who they played because it doesn't matter because this is a terrible defensive line. They have switched from being a run-first team to a pass-first team. Another, You know, most every team is a pass-first team, but extremely run-heavy to let's just air this thing out. And Moore, Metcalf, and Lockett are a great trio at wide receiver. Carson's doing solid. Obviously, Wilson is an elite quarterback who is playing out of his mind right now. And on top of that, and maybe this is a big part of it, the offensive line is actually blocking for him. Which, you know, similar to what happens to Aaron Rodgers when he gets put into a scheme that isn't horrible. What happens when you put him in a Shanahan-type scheme and we see what happens? What happens to Russell Wilson when he has an offensive line? I guess we're seeing that. Now, on the flip side, the number one and number two wide receivers in football right now, you know who they are? Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Number one and number two. Kirk Cousins is the 10th highest graded quarterback in football. Jared Cook is the third highest graded running back in football. 
They also, I mean, it's nowhere near as good of an offensive line, but, you know, Bradbury's doing decent at center. O'Neal and Reef are not the worst ever. And what exactly is, is Seattle going to do? They don't have any pass rushers. They don't have any defensive linemen. Corners are not playing well. They're gonna. This is going to be a 55 to 60 game. I cannot. I'm. I'm excited for this game. It's going to be a, a shootout, and I. I think Minnesota could possibly win this game, only because it's a question of, okay, who fails first? You think? Well, obviously it's going to be Minnesota because Cousins is is you know terrible, and they have a worse offensive line. Okay, but their wide receivers are out of this world, and their running back is far better. Beyond that, they have the better safety group. So if we're talking about working our way down the field, even though there's no pass rush and there's no linebackers and there's no corner, they got safeties. It's not impossible, man. And again, this this really is win-win. I would prefer Seattle win just because we have to face Minnesota, not just twice this year, even though we beat them already once this year, but we got to face them down into the future. So I don't want Minnesota to be a good team. I don't want them to be a good team the next time we face them. I don't want them to be a good team next year. I want this to be a disaster. I want this to be tear it down and rebuild it. I want it to be, ah, Justin Jefferson is as good as we thought. He had a couple good games, whatever. That, for the long-term future of this team, is is beneficial. Seattle just smokes Minnesota like they don't even exist, making it very clear that one of these teams is a playoff team and the other team is not. Now, granted, regardless of what happens, it, it a lot of this comes down to how these two teams are fit together. In other words, if Minnesota beats Seattle, it doesn't mean Minnesota's better than Seattle. It doesn't mean Minnesota's clearly a Super Bowl contender just like Seattle is. It's just the fact that Seattle is uniquely built to lose to Minnesota, which is the opposite of the Green Bay Packers. A lot of this just comes down to fit, and it's only because Seattle's defense is so bad that I'm saying Minnesota has a chance. That's the only reason. Anybody with a competent defense to at least slow down the Vikings' offense a little bit is probably going to beat the Vikings. But... The Seattle, on the flip side of things, if Minnesota does win, as much as that's going to be painful, Seattle is one of the few real legit contenders for that number one spot in the NFC. Seattle, the Packers, the Rams, that maybe is it right now. Not saying there couldn't be a couple other contenders, you know, the Packers start losing a couple games, some of these other teams tighten up. I don't think the Vikings are genuinely in contention. So again, either way is fine. Let's kick the Vikings down even further. Just get them completely off our radar. Perfect. Great. Thank you, Seattle. If Minnesota wins, Packers take that top spot. I don't know that there's much debate. The media might put the Rams in that spot simply because they hate the Packers. And by the way, somebody I'd mentioned this. Somebody was talking to me on Twitter about the, the, the disrespect and how ridiculous it is. And it kind of dawned on me. With Aaron Rodgers going specifically at the media, they are just going to come at him even twice as hard. When he comes out and says, you know, the media, all they do is a clickbait, da-da-da-da-da, they are so mad. Granted, half the NFL media is NFL players, so they probably get it, and maybe that doesn't bother them as much. But the guys that are just hardcore media people, whose number one priority is the just the word media, the industry of media, which comes before actually caring about sports, those guys, super mad. Because it's a part of their identity. They hate that they're being attacked by a player like Aaron Rodgers. They, they, they feel like that gives them a sense of status. And to have a player say these guys are jokes, they're, they're a bunch of frauds, that's, that's a swipe at everything that makes them who they are. Of course they're mad. Of course they hate Rodgers. So my point is, they're going to come at him even harder. They, if they hated him before, they're going to hate him even more now. And every chance they get to bury him, they're probably going to come. If, if the, the Seahawks lose, you're going to see Russell Wilson still better, and so are the Rams, and so are the Chiefs, and so is everybody, because Aaron Rodgers, I hate him. But that's, I'm, I'm kind of starting to embrace this outsider role. It's weird to me, but I kind of like it. It's it, probably because the Packers are so good. 
It's like every, everybody doubts the Packers, and then we just come along and we're like, yeah, I think we're going to win. And everyone's like, oh, no, you're not. Everyone says you're going to lose. And then we win, and it's like, yeah, it's because you're a bunch of biased morons. You can't look at things objectively, so you're making it easy for me to just prove you wrong every single week. You hate the Packers, and that's the only reason you're coming to that conclusion. Otherwise, you wouldn't have come to that conclusion. So again, I, like most of these games, I'm going to end up picking a side at some point. I will probably end up even rooting against my own interests. I, that happens every time I watch these games. I want to root one way, but it's just my, my heart and my soul pulls me in the other direction. I'm, pro- I'm, I'm probably going to be rooting for the, the Vikings. I just I don't like Seattle at all. And I'm just the fact that I'm not threatened by the Vikings right now. I'm sure 99% of Vikings or Packers fans are rooting against Minnesota because of their hatred for Minnesota. And if things were a little bit different, I'd probably be in the same boat. But I just I'm not scared of Minnesota. They're a bad football team. Seattle annoys me. I don't like them. I respect Russell Wilson a lot. I respect the team, like as a as an entity, because probably because of Russell Wilson and what a good job they've done overcoming the fact that their GM is a joke. But I'm tired of Seattle lingering all the time. I'm tired of the NFC West constantly knocking us out of the playoffs. I'm tired of Russell Wilson already being put ahead of Aaron Rodgers and the the doting over them and all this stuff, despite the fact that they've got more holes than just about anybody. Their defense is a joke, and they're seen as automatic Super Bowl contenders, even though they're never going to win a Super Bowl with that defense. So I'm probably going to be rooting against Seattle. But again, it's win-win. Not mad at anybody regardless of how... And again, I don't even know what my rooting interest is going to be. We'll find out when it happens. But um, at the end of this game, either the Vikings or Seattle are going to lose, and that's a great thing. So, anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Please get into the Flick Chat. I would love it if we can get to 200 people in that chat before the game starts. I will be posting links everywhere so you you can't miss it. By the way, again, I'm giving away money to people that invite the most people to this chat. So, if you're in it, feel free to use your link to invite people in the group. I'm not going to get mad at you. I don't get anything for inviting people. You do, though. So, get in the group and say, hey, here's a link. Feel free to join. I don't care. You get creative. Find a way. Invite people in other Packers groups. Hey, here's a Packers chat. Come join it. There's there's groups out there with tens of thousands of people. Just don't make me do it, all right? I want somebody to take the bull by the horns and make a lot of money. I would love it if I can give somebody $500 for inviting a thousand people to the chat. But if you're not going to do it, I'm going to have to do it, and the winner's going to get $4. <laughs> and that's going to depress both of us. So again, the goal, and we don't have too many, we got like a couple hours left. We're at 133 people. I would love it if 67 people could get invited in the next couple hours. Let's make it happen. Again, it's just a chat. We're going to be talking football. That's it. If you hate the app and you think it's a nightmare, just delete it. It doesn't cost you anything. But make sure you put in your name and see if you win a a hoodie first because I'm giving them away for free. All right, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.